me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect? us. God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what... Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship and our Wednesday night refreshing service. Bible says in Acts 3.19 that if you repent, uh, times of refreshing will come from God's presence. Amen? And God is a good refresher. So th this refreshing is going to put you over for the rest of the week. And if you're watching online, we just said welcome to you as well. Just uh, join in as best you can. Father, we're so grateful and thankful that you are the God of living water. And Lord, you have a well that never runs dry. And we give you thanks and praise for your goodness tonight. We bless you and praise you and welcome your presence right here, right now. We just give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
your praise God inhabits the praises of his people hallelujah he inhabits our praises the very presence of God comes in in our praises hallelujah Lord we bless you we praise you we magnify you we glorify you bless your holy name bless the name of the Lord God Almighty oh hallelujah What a joy and honor it is to praise your name. Hallelujah. Praise him for your healing. Praise him for your strength. Praise him for your provision. Hallelujah. Declare you're healed. Declare you're well provided for. Declare that you you can navigate any circumstance. Hallelujah. Our our God is an exciting God. He's alive. He's not dead. He's very active. And we're expressive. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Father, for being here tonight. We're so grateful. We're so thankful for your faithfulness. And your truth, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. I want you to put your faith in the power of God. My servants don't speak words of eloquence, 
but they speak with demonstration and with power of the Holy Spirit. So have faith in that power. That power will set you free. That power will fill you. That power will do what you needed to do. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, I have faith in the power. I have faith in God's power right now. His power is working in me. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. You may have your seats. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen, amen. Well, we're glad that you're here. And if you're watching, we're glad that you're watching. It's a great thing when people of like precious faith come together. God does things in corporate settings that may be a little different than individual settings. But God loves it when his people come together. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, if you're here this, I was almost going to say this morning, but caught myself. Then you have an opportunity, if you so desire to invest in the kingdom of God. You know, when you invest in the kingdom of God, he invests in you. You'll never find a greater return. Amen. You, you, you know, giving into God's kingdom is like planting a seed. And in Luke 6.38, it says, give, and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God will cause men to give into your bosom. How, how many know that God's blessings are, are looking for someone to track down? Say, I'm a blessing magnet. Hallelujah. Of course, you can give anytime during the service. If you're watching online, you can give through our uh, website as well. Just There's uh, envelopes there. If you make a check, make it out to VCF. You can go online, do it through the card of the bookstore, however you want to do it. Amen. Amen. Father, I just pronounce a blessing on the gifts and givers. And we just are so grateful, Father, to participate in your plan. And we just give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we got a bunch of awesome-looking kids here tonight, and we got some great and wonderful anointed uh, teachers and helpers, and we just want to dismiss them tonight for their kids living in faith every day. Amen. Kids, have a great night. Have fun. Be blessed. Well, you love Jesus. How many love Jesus? How many love the Holy Ghost? Well, I'll tell you what, 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 what kind of package did we get? Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I heard one minister say, Jesus was the greatest gift, was God's greatest gift to the world, but the Holy Spirit was God's greatest gift to the church. Amen? And, uh, tonight I have an assignment by God. And that is to strengthen your faith. Yeah. You know, we're living in terrible times. And we really have to use our faith to live by. Amen. And uh, faith will work. So I'm just simply calling this tonight strong faith. All right. Strong faith. 
I have a question for you. You don't have to raise your hand to answer, but would you rather be a man or woman of steel or would you rather be a man and woman of faith? Oh, man, look at that. You know, when your faith is combined with God's faith, something is added to your faith. It becomes stronger. It becomes greater. It becomes more powerful. Amen? You know, Jesus told us in Mark eleven twenty, he said, have faith in God. Right? Or have the God kind of faith. You got some God kind of faith? Amen? The faith that comes from God. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, our faith... Uh, will make us greater than the man of steel. Amen? He's fictionary and God is real. And faith is real. All right? So I, I wrote down some thoughts. When, when your faith is in complete agreement and alignment with God, you become a supernatural hero. Say, I'm a supernatural hero. All right? Great faith seeks God wholeheartedly. Great faith seeks out God. It looks for God. It waits for God. It calls to God. Amen? Great faith. Did you know that there are levels of faith? There were times when Jesus told people, O ye of little faith. And there were times when he said, I've never seen such great faith. So there are levels of faith. Faith is like a muscle and it can grow. Amen. If you feel like your faith is small, it doesn't have to stay that way. You can feed it some Bible protein. Hallelujah. And it'll grow. Great faith craves God's presence. How many's ever had a craving for Something, right? And that, that craving is a stirring on the inside. But great faith craves God's presence. When, when faith knows where God is, nothing's going to stop faith from getting there. Amen? Great faith craves God's presence. Great faith raises the standards of God's word in every area of life. See, if we're supposed to live by faith, then great faith raises the standard in every area of life, and this is the standard that I live by. This is the standard by which I treat people, right? This is the standard by which I run my family. This is the standard by which I work, right? This is the standard. Say the Bible's the standard. And man, this is what great faith, it raises the standard. And great faith makes the word the final authority, the governing principle, the standard of relationships and ethics and the way of life. We're supposed to live by faith, aren't we? Can we live by faith? If you had nothing but faith in God, can you live? Absolutely. Paul said, if all I know, Jesus Christ and him crucified, that's all I need to know to preach, to plant churches. Amen? Great faith 
does not let anything or anyone stand in its way of possessing what was promised or the truth it heard. It doesn't let anything stand in its way. There's no giant too big, right? There's, there's no gap that's too wide, right? Faith will find a way. Faith finds ways to get to the truth. Hallelujah. Great faith produces results. It bears fruit and it increases. The very nature of faith is it produces results. It bears fruit. It is fruitful. Amen. And it increases. Okay. Great faith has it the way it wants it. Do you realize the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus did not set the parameters of her healing. She did. The Roman centurion set the parameters of getting his servant healed. Jesus didn't set those parameters. And guess what? The woman with the issue of blood, she got healed and the Roman centurion servant got healed, but they got healed different ways, but they both tapped into the power of God. They set the parameters, right? Faith gets what it wants. And great faith dictates the terms and calls the shots. You know, Moses stood before Pharaoh and he said, let my people go. And, and Pharaoh said, okay, you can go, but the cattle says here. Moses said, no, cattle comes with us. Amen. Why? Moses was in charge. Even though Pharaoh was the head of the country, Moses had God and he could walk into the courtroom and declare, let my people go. And Pharaoh couldn't touch him. Moses, Moses's name was in Egypt's most wanted. And, and Pharaoh couldn't arrest him. Pharaoh couldn't put him in prison. Pharaoh couldn't stop him. And eventually Pharaoh had to let the people go. Why? Because someone with faith went there. Hallelujah. I want you to go to Romans chapter 4 with me. And then finally, great faith is not governed by what it sees, senses, or feels. It's only governed by what's written or spoken by the word of God. Romans chapter 4. And I want you to look at verse 20. This is going to be our our springboard or our text for tonight. You're going to come out of here tonight strong, stronger. You're going to be the bionic Christian, stronger, faster, more powerful. Amen? You're about to get an upgrade tonight. Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. I'll read it from the King James, then I'll read it from the Amplified. Verse 20 says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. We got a, we got a lot of people through unbelief that are staggering. You know, when someone staggers, they can't stand straight. They wobble, right? And eventually they fall down. But was, what's this next phrase? But was what? Strong in faith. Let me say strong in faith. faith. Giving glory to God. So Abraham 
found a way to be strong in faith. And there were things that he did to strengthen his faith. All right? Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. That's Colossians' neighbor. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith grows exceedingly and your charity or love of every one of you all toward each other abounds. So God wants us to increase faith. How, how does our faith grow? Exceedingly. In other words, faith will exceed every limit you try to put on it. And as your faith increases, your love ought to be increasing too. You can't have strong faith and weak love. You got to have strong faith and abounding love. They got to be uh, uh, equal, right? Because faith works by what? Love. Okay. So faith works by love. So let's look. Let's go back to Romans four then, and let's just look at a few things that strengthen Abraham's faith, and then I'm going to give you some things that will make your faith strong. Right? Say, my faith is strong, and it's getting stronger by the moment. Hallelujah. Okay, Romans chapter 4 and verse 3. Romans 4 and verse 3. What, what were some things that gave Abraham strong faith? And it says, for what says the scripture? Did you know that if you want strong faith, you're going to always have to revert to what the scripture says. Strong faith doesn't go by experience. It doesn't go by feeling and it doesn't go by the opinion of others. It only defines itself by scripture. Faith comes by what? And hearing what? Faith is not going to come by hearing anything else. If all you're hearing is opinion, you're not doing anything for your faith. If all you're hearing is feelings, you're not doing anything for your faith. You're adding nothing to your faith. But if you're hearing God's word, you're adding to your faith. Amen? So what says the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Is righteousness a quality of God? Well, how did Abraham get a quality of God. He invested his faith in God and God credited it to him as righteous. So Abraham gained a quality of God through faith. In other words, Abraham believed God and because he believed God, God credited his account and he said, Abraham is righteous. In other words, right standing with God. Did you know that if you have faith in Jesus, you are just as righteous as Jesus? Think about that. It's true. So, how did Abraham become righteous? Two words. He believed God. Believing God is having faith. It's trusting God. It's trusting in who he is and who he said he is. Amen? Hallelujah. All right? So, Faith in God transfers 
to you God's qualities or characteristics. Did you know that Jesus said, the Holy Spirit said through Peter, be holy for I'm holy. Can we be as holy as God is holy? Yeah, because he said it. He said, be holy. That wasn't a suggestion. He didn't say, be holy if you feel like it. He said, be holy if you take a poll. No, our holiness is his holiness. Our holiness is his standard of holiness. Be holy for I'm holy. Why? Because when, when we put our faith in God, something gets transferred to us. Something gets given to us. Something gets uh, into our account. All right? Okay? Verse 5. But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Hallelujah. So, his faith, great faith doesn't work, but believes. It doesn't earn, but it receives. Let me say that again. Great faith doesn't work. In other words, it doesn't work. It doesn't labor. Okay? Like when you go to a job and you punch in the time clock, you're laboring for a paycheck. Right? Faith doesn't labor. It believes. Okay? And it doesn't earn. It receives. Right? See, when you work 40 hours, you earn a paycheck for 40 hours, right? Your employer, whoever it is, they pay you for the amount of time that you put in and the job that you did. But faith, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to physical, it doesn't have to labor. Okay? For example, a couple fishermen let Jesus use their boat to preach from. And when Jesus was done preaching, he told the owner of the boat, which was Peter, he said, cast out into the deep. And Peter immediately said, Master, I worked the the midnight shift. I toiled all night long. I labored. I'm physically exhausted. I cast my net, reeled it in, cast my net, brought it in, and we caught nothing. But Jesus said, Cast out in the, and then Peter said, nevertheless, at your what? At your word. See, Peter didn't labor to catch those fish. He believed to catch those fish. He acted on the word of the word. Jesus is the word. He's the word made flesh, right? So Peter acted on the word of the word. And he threw, he, he, when it made no sense, when it superseded logic, Peter cast, okay, he says, I'll cast out my net. Little to his surprise, when he did, he had to call his partners to, catch, to bring in the catch, and they almost sank two boats, and they were astonished. All the fishermen who had been fishing for all those years, they never caught so much fish in one setting. I mean, they barely made it to shore. The, the boats were sinking. Or close to sinking. <laughs> but see, he didn't toil for that. See, when, when he toiled, he got nothing. When he believed, he got everything. Yes. See the difference? Yes. Okay. Hallelujah. 
All right, go to verse 9. Talking about the faith of Abraham. He said, come this blessedness, then upon the circumcision, does this blessedness come upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Faith was credited. Faith is all you need. Amen? Faith is all you need to receive from God. Aren't you glad that in order to get healed, you don't have to do three cartwheels and 25 jumping jacks? All you got to do is believe that Jesus is the healer and he can heal. And then just receive his power. Faith takes the human effort. Now, when I say that faith doesn't work, faith works. In other, in, in other words, it produces results, but it doesn't toil. It doesn't use physical means to get what it needs. It uses trust in what God said as its only means of receiving. Okay? All right, let's go down to verse 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had yet, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that what? Believe. How many believers are here tonight? Amen? Though they, though they be not circumcised, that the righteous, the righteousness might be imputed to them also. Hallelujah. We get the same righteousness. Our righteousness that we get is the same righteousness that Abraham got, and it's the same righteousness that Jesus has. And things of God can be transferred to individuals through faith. When you go to Sheets and you need to fill up your car, right? Sheets requires you to give them something in order to get something, right? I mean, you can't just go pull up at the pump and have not, and put nothing in. You'll get nothing out. And see, but with God, and we use currency, right? Whether you use your card or cash, you're using currency to get what they have in order to get it to you. But with faith, our, our, in heaven, our currency is faith. Did you know that every one of us, when we got born again, we were given a faith card? And the password on that account is J-E-S-U-S. Everyone has the same password because the devil can't steal it. Even though he knows the password, he can't steal it. Amen? And we use that password to access what we need from heaven, whether it's healing, peace, strength, uh, joy, or whatever. We, we exchange our faith, we put our faith in, and the qualities of God come out. Hallelujah. This is what Abraham did. Notice, he became a father of many nations. Who told him he was going to be a father of many nations? It was God. God's word came to him and said, this is what you're going to be. Now, Abraham had to decide if he was going to believe what was spoken about him. The time that God's word came to him, he had no children. He wasn't a father. 
It was him and Sarah. Sarah was barren. She couldn't bear children. And Abraham was 75 years old when God spoke to him. And it wasn't 25 years later till he became the father that God said he was. But see, God had to change Abraham's name so that he could get Abraham to say, say the same thing that God was saying. Abram means exalted father. Abraham, you know, God put the ha in his name. Right? That means a father of many nations. So now Abraham's name was changed. So everywhere he went, he said, I am Abraham. I am father of many nations. I am father of many nations. Right? He had 300 and some employees. Whenever he signed their paycheck, he signed it, I am father of many nations. Everywhere he went and said his name, he was saying what God said about him. Guess what? When you say what God says about you, you become what you say. He became. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Okay. All right, let's go to verse 16. Verse 16 of Romans 4. Therefore, you know, whenever you see the word therefore written, you you might want to see what it's there for. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure. And to all the seed, not to that uh, only which is of the law, but also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Why is Abraham the father of us all? Because we believe the same way. The way you believe God is the same way that we believe God, or is the same way that Abraham believed God. Okay? Notice, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Okay? Grace is God's ability. Faith is possessing God's ability. By grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. No, you you did not do anything yourself to be saved other than call on the name of the Lord. Right? I mean, you didn't have to do cartwheels. Right? You didn't have to run around the building. Right? All you had to do was put your faith in Jesus, believe that he's the son of God, and confess him as Lord. And when you did that, you became saved. Right? It's of faith. That it might be by grace. So when you exercise faith, you tap into God's ability. You tap into God's power. You tap into God's goodness. It's available to us, but faith is the thing that activates grace. Grace has been made available to the world, but unbelievers haven't tapped into the grace yet. Only believers have tapped into the grace, so that's what it benefits them. Hallelujah. All right, verse 17. As it is written, where did God write that Abraham was a father of many nations? In Genesis. God wrote it down for eternity. Okay? As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Who made Abraham a father? God. Did you know that God actually had to perform a resurrection 
He had to resurrect Abraham's seed. He had to resurrect Sarah's womb. And they experienced a resurrection. 99-year-old Abraham, 90-year-old Sarah. Can you imagine going to the clinic? Saying, I've had a little bit upset stomach, doctor. Well, let's take a blood test. Oh, you're pregnant. How did Sarah react when she first heard that she was going to be pregnant? She laughed. Why? Because it was impossible. She, had, she, had, she was gone well past the age of bearing children. So God had to perform a resurrection. Amen? And he's quite capable. Okay? But notice what it says as it is written. Listen, your faith only works according with what is written or what is spoken by God, the audible voice of God. It only works with the rhema and the logos. All right? It doesn't work with anything else. Okay? Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead, that's making alive, and calls those things which be not as though they were. Here's the characteristic of faith. Great faith, it calls those things that be not as though they are. God called Abraham a father long before he ever was one, but he became what he was called. When God calls you great, guess what? You become great. When God calls you healed, guess what? You become healed. When God calls you saved, guess what? You become saved. Right? Okay, verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope. Faith does not go by the circumstances it sees. Faith goes beyond what it sees. Against hope, believed in hope. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah, but if God said it, it's going to happen. I don't care what you see. I don't care what you feel. I don't care what you're experiencing. If God said it, I believe it. That's it. End of discussion. That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Everybody say spoken. Did Abraham have a Bible? No. Moses wrote the book of Genesis. So all Abraham had was the audible voice of God. They didn't have a scroll that was written at the time. He just had God's voice. That's all he had. The only evidence that he had that he was going to be a father was God said it. How many know you got to know God's voice? Right? And the more you walk with him, you're going to learn his voice. Amen? So, he became, according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. Listen, don't check your body, just check the word. Now, if the word says you're healed, just act like you're healed. Why? Because the word said it. God didn't waste his time saying it so you can't do it. God said it so you can do it. Amen? Can you imagine the man sitting at the gate, beautiful, 38 years, sitting there, waiting for someone to put him in? Did you know that God, Jesus didn't even put him in? Jesus didn't even use the water. What did Jesus say to him? Pick up your mat and walk. So what did he do? He picked up his mat and walked. First time in 38 years. 
He just did what he what the Lord said. That's faith, isn't it? All right. Okay. So strong faith comes from resisting doubt and refusing to waver in unbelief. Everybody say resist doubt and refuse to waver. What does it mean to waver? To hold on to two opinions. If you're holding on to what your body says and what God says, you've got to let one of them go. And if you hold on to what your body says, you never get what God says. So what are you going to let go of? What your body says and hold on to what God says. Because who's, who's true? Is your body true or is God true? God is true, right? Yes, your body may be in pain. That's a fact. But truth changes the fact. Okay? Go to Ephesians 6. Go to Ephesians 6. Hallelujah. Look at verse 10. Ephesians 6.10. I love how the Holy Spirit wrote this through Paul. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, finally, we got to this point. Be strong in who? Who is the Lord? He's Jesus. He's the Word. So you got to be strong in the Word. Okay? And notice this is a conjunction. He's hooking up two phrases. Right? He doesn't just say be strong in the word. You've got to be strong in something else. What's the second thing you've got to be strong in? The power of his might. What is the power of his might? Holy Spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you and you'll be witnesses for me, says Jesus, right? The Holy Ghost is the powerhouse of God. You need to be strong in the word and in the power. Hallelujah. We're strong in the word and we're strong in the power. You got to be strong in both. How many arms do you have? Two, right? Power, word, word, power. Be strong in both. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay? Did you know that God, God's power can do what he promised? This is, what, this is the faith that Abraham had according to verse 21. He had faith in the ability that God would do what he promised. Say, God does what he promises. Every time, all the time. Okay? Now, how can you have strong faith? All right, a few minutes. Go to Romans 15, 1. Romans 15, verse 1. This is the practical side of the message. Romans 15, 1. And it says, We then that are strong. How many strong people are here tonight? Okay. We ought to bear the infirmities or the weaknesses of the weak and not please ourselves. All right? Great faith influences others who may be weak to be strengthened and become greater. If you want to have strong faith, help someone else to develop their faith. 
How do you develop your faith? Give them a diet of the word. And ex- you eat the word and you exercise. You eat the word and you exercise. How do you exercise? You do what it says. Tonight when you go to sleep, you can say, I'm, I'm the Lord's beloved and he gives me sweet sleep because that's a scripture in Psalms. Right? You don't need to take anything to sleep. All you need to do is know that you're his beloved and just rest your head and you will fall asleep. Amen? That's how you do it. Okay? Hallelujah. So, great faith helps the hungry, the seeker, and the believer. Okay? Go to 1 Corinthians 16, 13. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. And tonight, we're going to pray for whatever ails you, and what's been ailing you won't ail you anymore. Amen? Glory to God. The ails are going to sail away. Come sail away. No. All right. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch. Stand fast in the what? In the faith. Quit you like men be strong. Or act. That word quit means to act. All right? Great faith stands firm, it has a firm stance, is on guard, and it's courageous and strong. This is what strong faith is. Great faith is planted like a tree. How many trees uproot themselves? It takes a lot of force to uproot a tree. And we are like the trees planted by living waters. Psalms 1. Right? You know... An oak tree, that's just one crazy nut that held its ground. Right? An acorn. Okay? So great faith is planted like a tree, it's firm like a mountain, and it's stable like a firm foundation. You know, if you're going to build a building, you better make sure the foundation is firm. Because that's what holds the building. When the storms come, you better have a firm foundation. Right? And it's established like something for three generations. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Three generations. What, when something is established for three generations, it's bound to go on forever. Okay? Go to Mark, go to, uh, Matthew chapter eight. Matthew chapter eight. And notice this. Matthew eight. Are you doing all right? You ready to sail your ales? Not for sale. They're going bye-bye. All right. I want you to go um, Matthew 8 and verse 8. It says this. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. I've never been in a prayer line where someone came up to me and said, Pastor, just speak the word only. That's okay. I'm not saying anything bad about it. But here in this case, he wasn't worthy that Jesus should come to his house. So he said, only speak the word. All right. Notice what he said. And my servant may be healed. Perhaps my servant might be healed. 
No, he made a definite statement. See, how, do you, how can you tell if someone's in faith? They make a definite statement. They're not maybe if, hopefully, they're for sure, shall be. This is the way it's going to be. My servant shall be healed. Shall be. Can't go any other way. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith in all of Israel. So what do we know about great faith? Great faith is forged out of your relationship and response and understanding to authority. This man knew authority. And he understood the authority that Jesus operated in. He knew that everything Jesus said happened. And so he trusted completely and fully in nothing else but what Jesus said. Okay? Can you recognize godly authority? Once you recognize it, can you submit to it? Great faith understands when one with authority speaks, it is done. Only speak the word. Do you realize his servant wasn't even there? The centurion understood that authority knows no bounds. It can go through walls. It can go into houses. It can go into rooms. You don't even have to be there to benefit from the authority. Just speak the word and power is going to go to my house and heal my servant. Whoo! Amen? The Aramaic Bible in plain English says of that verse, But when Yeshua heard, he was amazed and he said to them that came with him, Truly I say to you, not even in Israel have I found faith like this. That's some crazy faith. Amen? Glory to God. Guess what? You got faith like that. We got to, we got to, if not, we got to bring our faith up. Amen. I'm giving you some faith flakes tonight. Wheaties might, might have been the breakfast of champions, but we got some faith flakes. That's, that's, that's the breakfast of overcomers. Amen. That's, that's the breakfast of the healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Put a little milk and honey on your faith flakes. Glory to God. Okay, go to Matthew 15. Matthew 15. I'm almost done. Whoo, Matthew 15. And look at verse 28. This is the Syrophoenician woman. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, what kind of faith did she have? Great is your faith. Everybody say great faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Okay? Without going into the details of the story, great faith comes by thoroughly trusting God and refusing to quit or give up. That woman, she was turned away from the disciples. They said, she, she bothers us to send her away. Jesus said, I'm only of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You're of the wrong race. Then Jesus called her a dog. 
right? Then she said, yes, Lord, but the dogs eat. I just need a crumb, right? A crumb of healing delivered her daughter. She hung in there. She refused to quit. She knew Jesus was the answer. I'm not leaving. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning away. I'm going to stay right here because you got the answer. She went from zero faith to great faith in about a couple of minutes. Amen. One time, Jerry Savelle, he talked to a police officer and said, uh, I'm going to see how fast I can get to 60. Took him three seconds to get to 60 in a, in a car, but he, he wanted to push a little bit further. That's when the lights came on. And the police officer said, I didn't mind you how fast you got from zero to 60. I mind how you got from 60 to 90. <laughs> how fast you went from 60 to 90. That was the problem. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We got some supercharged faith. Amen. Our faith can move mountains. Our faith can bring deliverance. Our faith can walk on water. Our faith can make something out of nothing. Amen. Our faith can kill a fig tree. Our faith can calm a storm. Glory to God. This is the faith that we have. This is our faith in God. It's the same faith. It can do what Jesus did. Because it's the same faith that he had. He gave it to us. He gave us permission to have faith in him. Oh, hallelujah. All right, go to, uh, go to Acts uh, 17. Acts 17. Hallelujah. Verse 11. Acts 17, verse 11. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Acts 17, verse 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. These right here were more noble than in Campbelltown. Why? Because when in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether things were so. Great faith comes by verifying everything with the word. Everything with the word. Faith examines the scriptures to make sure that faith is pure. Now, they didn't just take the Apostle Paul's preaching for the Apostle. Oh, the Apostle Paul spoke it. It must be so. No. They checked the word. They checked the scriptures. And now that you had to open up a scroll to see what he was saying. Right? They didn't just take it at face value. We got to examine the word. The word of God is the supreme authority of faith. It is our source. It is the raw material. It is the authoritative foundation. And it is the core of our faith. The word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whoo. All right. One more. And then I'm done. Go to Mark 10. Mark 10. Hallelujah. You could look up so many instances in the Bible. Even though it doesn't say they had great faith, their results say they did. All right? Mark chapter 10 and uh, verse... uh, Verse 46, Mark 10 and verse 46. And they came to Palmyra, or Jericho. And as he went out of Palmyra, 
with his disciples, a great number of people, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Now, when you're blind, you're kind of limited, aren't you? Even though you're bl- he was blind, he could still hear. How does faith come? Does faith come by seeing? Faith comes by what? Hearing. Interesting. Okay. Verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, I'm taking action. The popcorn started to pop in the bag. Right? When he heard of Jesus, he heard of faith. Faith came to him. He heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out. Didn't think about it. Didn't reason. He didn't even ask if it was okay. He said, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Healing is mercy. Amen? And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Oh, Jesus was in a lot of meetings. Just be quiet, okay? No. When the devil says, be quiet, you get loud. Amen? But he cried the more a great deal. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Oh, my goodness. Did you know faith attracts Jesus? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Jesus stood still. And, uh, and commanded him to be called. Notice, he didn't say, oh, if you guys feel like it. No, he commanded, bring him here. And they called the blind, the same people that told him to be quiet got to call him. I love how God, faith just shuts up the enemies. <laughs> be of good comfort, rise, he calls you. Verse 50, and he casting away his garment, he came expecting to receive. He got rid of the old attitude, the old mentality, the old way of living, which was his beggar's garment. He he was saying, I'm not going to beg anymore. Why? Because I'm going to be able to see. And he came to Jesus, verse 51, and Jesus answered and said unto him, what will you that I should do unto you? As one of my friends put it years ago, name your miracle. He had an open invitation to Jesus to name whatever he wanted because he used his voice. Faith always uses his voice. Faith will use whatever it has available. A little boy uses faith with his lunch. And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. When you come to Jesus, know know exactly what you want. Okay? And Jesus said unto him, go your way. My power has made you whole. Is that what it said? What did it say? Jesus emphasized his faith. It was his faith that made him whole. Amen? And what did he do? He followed Jesus to the city. Amen? He went from begging to believing in one moment. Hallelujah. Because he heard of Jesus, he heard the word, and he changed his situation. 
He changed his circumstances. He changed his destiny. Amen? You're going to meet Bartimaeus when you go to heaven. And he's seeing Bartimaeus now. He's no longer blind Bartimaeus. That, that was just for a moment. He's now seeing, he's been seeing for a long time. Amen? And how did that happen? It was his faith. Everybody say his faith. Imagine what you can do with your faith. How many things can you do to, if you believe? All things are possible, right? Amen? You have access to all things. That includes healing. That includes deliverance. That includes provision. Amen? That includes peace. Hallelujah. Now, you have, you have learned about strong faith. Now we got to have strong reception. Amen? We're going we're gonna to set sail to your ails. So if you came in here tonight with anything that ails you, anything that has been bothering you, hindering you, restricting you, keeping you down, we're going to set sail to those ails. Amen? Through the anointing, the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God. It's not my power. It's, it's the Lord's power. Amen? And your faith is the key that opens the door. Amen? So if you need prayer tonight for anything, you need healing in your body, you need help in your family, you need help in your home, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Jesus is the answer. Amen? These, the, the, let's get in the refreshing flow. Times, notice the Bible said times of refreshing, not just once, but time and again, amen? The people who were filled on Acts 2-4 were filled again in Acts 4. Same people that got filled, amen? Because sometimes we leak. Sometimes we need to be refilled. If you want to be refilled, come and get refilled, amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.